Real fast, I wanted to tell you about my new podcast, Upworthy Weekly. It's a lighthearted news podcast. It comes out on Saturdays, and I have forced my co-host, Todd Perry, to join me here to help me tell you about our new venture. Todd, why should they listen? Well, I mean, a lot of people, they think, oh, it's the Upworthy podcast. It's just going to be sunshine, and it's going to be unicorns. But you know what? It's really not that. Allison doesn't have the ability, she doesn't have it in her to actually be that person that I thought we were hiring when we did this show. But clearly, after just a couple episodes, the facade dropped, okay? I thought, you know, she's doing the Upworthy show, it's not going to be like, oh, neurotic, cynical, Allison, but no, she's there. So, you know, I try to counteract that with some of my good vibes. <laughs> um, and, uh, I would argue that if one person is coming off as a little bit cynical and unhinged right now, it's not me. It comes out every Saturday, wherever you get podcasts. Bye. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, we've had the good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the way that's fancy again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey everyone, hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. I am in my studio. I'm yelling a little bit because that's how excited I am to be talking to you and to be hosting this episode of Allison Rosen's Junior Best Friend. I'm sitting here with Daniel, Daniel Quantz. Hello, honey. Hello, everybody. You might be thinking, where do they get this kind of energy, this dynamic? Are we on drugs or something? This dynamic, charismatic infectious it uh, what are more words like that i mean magnetic attractive and um contagious really energy uh and we uh, we're faking it but speak for yourself honey (laughs) we had a little we gave ourselves a little pep talk before the show started because we look we got our boosters yesterday Mm -hmm. it's been one hell of a week Mm. Owen is everyone sick. You're sick. You're sick. I'm better. Yeah, but you I'm ran, a lot better. You went for a run and your lungs felt tight or something. I wouldn't. Yeah, that's more just the effect of the booster. I think. Okay. Well, mm. we're boosted. Mm. Our arms are sore. Mm-hmm. I feel like I I've been lifting weights, mm. but it's really just lifting my heavy arm. You get all the soreness and none of the gain. All the, pa- all the pain and none of the gain. That's right. But no pain, no gain. So it's like I have gain. But anyway, mm-hmm. Daniel, mm-hmm. don't take this the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But your energy felt bad. What? I felt moments ago. But you've turned it around. You, you mean while we were doing the video stuff? Yeah. I, I felt you had some bad energy. Mm. And so then I said, all right, let's, that's good energy, good pre-show energy. So we waved our arms around and we did some silly smiles. I and, never have bad energy. And now, don't, don't listen to uh, now, we're like a couple of camp counselors. We're so at a at a Christian retreat. 
That's how positive we are. Yes, but not like that guy. Did you guys see this motherfucking clip? That so Phil DeFranco's wife posted that she had just seen this clip of this pastor uh, who commented that he saw this. This is gonna. I just have to say something upsetting, and then we'll steer the ship away from upsetting. Saw this boy with nail polish on. The and pastor was talking about seeing a boy with nail polish on. Didn't I say that? I, I'm just. I think it was a little confusing. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. Um, and and it made him want to break the kid's fingers, and I heard this and i was like so upset by During it a sermon yeah but then daniel posted it and i was like oh this is the clip and the guy is yelling about it at the top of his lungs and somehow i don't know if it's because i'd already heard about it but somehow seeing it and seeing the guy yelling at the top of his lungs about it made made it less upsetting than if someone had said it in cold blood i think <laughs> if someone had just said it in a matter of fact way hmm. it, it i i don't know why if they'd said it in a matter of fact way it would be more chilling than seeing this like lunatic yelling about it hmm. i think because seeing him yelling about it expressed his rage and it's clear that he's not actually i'm not Please understand, I'm not forgiving it at all. It's cr- your eyes got so white. Not actually what? I'm not forgiving it at all. I don't think he's actually going to break someone's fingers. Uh, no. I think it was an expression. Uh, he was talking about how he felt. It's still it's still it's the super pro- upsetting and crazy. Yeah, well, the problem I have with it isn't that I think this guy is actually going to go out and actually break anybody's fingers, but I think what he's doing is he's saying, "Hey, it's okay to feel this way about a normal boy wearing nail polish so therefore it's okay to feel even more violent towards someone who's gay or trans or whatever like the the permission that it gives his congregation to go out and feel a violent thoughts yeah. about uh the lgbt communities is kind of like where i go with it um not to mention just like Dude, you're that threatened by something like that. It's just such a weirdly rigid uh, uh, sense of gender that it makes me wonder about, you know, of course, like, where's, where's all that energy coming from? You know, like, why are you so worked up about it? Yeah, no, it's... it's and threatened. You I'm, know? Um, I'm making a very stupid... I'm making a stupid point. I think I'm saying I was a 10 on the scale of upset and disturbed. And then I saw him yelling about it and it brought it down to a 9.8. Who cares? It's all like people need to get there. Your comment was good. It was Christians. Are you okay? And then did you see on Twitter? Do you follow John Pav? I think his name is John Pavlovitz. He's like actually I a the name. He, I, I tend to agree with him and I like him and he's a, I don't know if he's a priest or a pastor or former pastor. He's a Christian, but he's like on the he's on the side of things that we would believe in, and he like calls Christians out a lot. But he and Richard Marks, who I also tend to believe in, mm-hmm. not be- tend to believe in, tend to agree okay. with, mm-hmm. like got into it. I believe in him, though. I, think I believe he's in real. him. I believe in him. Yeah, I have since the eighties. <laughs> they got into it, yeah. and then there was someone who's like. 
you guys need to calm down. Like you, you're a, you actually agree with each other on a lot of things. It was oh, just I like hate, a, I yes, hate, I know. That's it's upsetting. one thing I hate about Twitter is how much the it one amplifies inter. What do they call it? Internecine. Uh, internecine uh, squabbles warfare. and yeah. warfare. It's like, ugh. you know what though? This mm. is not a podcast about Twitter. It might not even be a podcast. No, but before we get on, we move on. I just want to say, everybody, please vote if you're listening please. on Monday or Tuesday. Please, yeah. please, 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 please. Okay, that's all the political stuff. Do you want to say pretty please? Oh, pretty please. Oh, let's re. Let's let me know you voted. Oh, especially. Oh God, please, especially if you're in Arizona or Georgia or Pennsylvania. Okay, go ahead. Let's recall Newsom. No, let's recall. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew you were on that side of it? <laughs> let's recall. The way you would beg for something when you were a kid, because it was pretty pleased with it. Pretty please, 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 pretty, pretty please with a cherry on top. And it was yeah. also like, I'll be your best friend. It was cross my heart, hope to die. What else was there? Please, please, please. I just remember, please, 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 pretty please with a cherry on top. What else was there? I can't remember pleases, but did you guys say this one? If you were like trying to fake insult someone, you'd be like, your mama wears combat boots. We didn't do your mama. We didn't do your mama in uh, any other way, but your mm. your your mama wears combat boots. What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe it was like an <laughs> anti-gay thing or something. You know, like she's butch. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but that was one that occurred to me the other day. Like, I was sort of silly. Your mama wears combat boots. I mean, especially in Because it in sounds the... kind of badass. Like, yeah. your mom's a bat. Like, now, right. you're like... Uh, but I mean, we not grew up, an insult at all. We grew up in the time of uh, Doc Martens, so I don't really see the where the insult were is a there. Weird time. They were a weird time. All you millennials, yeah. you don't know. My Zoomers. mom um, had shoulder pads that came in a can. Did yours? <laughs> Probably. There were a lot of shoulder pads. Do you remember shoulder pads in a can? Yeah, vaguely. They were. You would put them on under your bra, like you would put the shoulder pad. On your shoulder, and then you would anchor it down with the bra strap. And then what would you do with the can? Uh, but just leave it in your closet for uh, when the shoulder pads need to come home. It wouldn't become a fascinator on the top of your head? <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish. It's weird. Uh, uh, shoulder pads don't need to come in a can. I think that was the... Th- I'm going to Google did. it. Remember when stockings came in an egg? Yes. Legs. L apostrophe E-G-G-S. Oh, legs. I get yeah. it. Yeah. I'm going to look up shoulder pads in a can. Shoulder pads in a can. Shoulder pads Canadian tie. Oh, here we go. Okay. Got to put on the glasses for this. Did they come in like an, an olive oil? Did they come in an olive oil? Oh, like shoulder pads. They came in water or oil. Okay. Canned shoulder pad, Etsy. Check out our stay put, the non-slip shoulder pad. Stay put, I remember that. You do? Yeah. Um, Okay. This podcast is is called, remember the 80s? (laughs) Silhouette shapes the image of fashion. God, the... Oh, and it's like a picture of like a nagel kind of vintage 80s can of shoulder pads silhouette shapes it's interesting when i think back at what society decided women female sexiness was and it was very masculine Uh uh-huh well because it was like women are back in the workforce yeah it was like squared shoulders and cindy crawford athletic bodies Mm -hmm. and 
you know, um, everything was just like ugh, very intense. Yes. You know, um, um, weird time. Yes. Although, so I saw, uh, I saw on Instagram that heroin, sh- there's like this, I think the New York Post did a thing saying, um, you know, like, sorry, Kardashians, heroin chic is coming back. And then there's these women who are like, please, I don't know that it didn't actually say sorry, Kardashians, <laughs> but, or maybe it's like put down the French fries, heroin chic. I'm making up the first part of it. It just uh, said heroin chic is coming back. And then there's these women who are like, please, God, no. Like, but where? I always want to know, what do they mean? Do they mean in vogue or do they mean like, what people are finding attractive because i don't think that changes i I don't think right i know i think they mean in fashion and then there's people like jamila jamil who are saying you know body types are not a style don't do this to women no that's a fashion world thing and the fashion world is so fucking toxic yeah it's run by men it's run by um men Yes, but who I think, wear pr- that? It's run by the devil wears Prada. Can, I, don't, I don't. Maybe it's not run by men. largely gay men, right? Like I don't. I don't, I don't know, know. I don't know if the fashion world reflects. Let's just. I don't know enough. But I'll just say this: like I don't think the fashion world represents anything other than the fashion world. Right. It's it's very like internal looking. Like everything has to change every season, you know. And it's just like I don't know that that means much other mm-hmm. than like you know. Oh, okay. We'll see more models that look like this in next year's magazines or something, you know? Right. Um, Here, let's listen to a legs commercial that would fit And a place of legs and it shows from our head to our inspiring Nothing beats a great pair of legs Ooh, okay there's one more quick one here's dad goes shopping for jiff peanut butter <laughs> hey it's a jungle out there i know did you get everything i asked for right down to the fresh baked muffins great what's that jiff i figured you're so choosy about everything else that you i already have a big name peanut butter hey i grew up on jiff it's peanuttier oh come on do me a favor. Smell yours. Oh, come on. It's okay. Now, Jif. Hey, it's like fresh peanuts. <laughs> right. Taste yours. Fine. Now, Jif. Get this at the farmer's Wow. Market? It tastes more like fresh peanuts. <laughs> we haven't. Oh, my God. Even <laughs> so though you can't do anything around the house, you actually found better peanut oh, butter. Jif. New peanut What's butter. Oh. Hey, am I a hero or what? You know, Gary, I'm going to send you shopping more often. Thanks. For more fresh roasted peanut up. taste. Oh, Juicy no. Juicy up. Oh, oh, boy. What year, you, jungle oops, what year do you think that's from? Did you get everything I... 85. 91. Oh, wow. It does sound very of the era, though. It's funny. And I love how, like, authentic the acting is. This is before everything got super knowing, you uh-huh, know? Yeah. Like, that was just a scene with actors doing, mm-hmm. hey... I just got you something that you might like. You know what I've noticed and I've wondered about it? If you watch like old dating game or something. Yeah. Or even an, an old interview on like an old talk show. I mm. feel like they're talking so quietly. 
Why mm. why now if you watch someone on um any late night show, they're talking at like a pretty normal volume. Oh, that's interesting. Whereas if you watch someone on like Dick Cavett, like they're talking like this, like they're really did they have, yeah. were the microphones different then? I think there wasn't as much urgency because there wasn't as much competition. Oh, so now Things they feel like they have paced. to be like ah. Everything was like slower paced back then. Like if you look at movies in the eighties generally they're much slower paced. I'm not know? even talking about no. I'm not no, talking I know, about but I'm just saying like culturally, 60s. like things have sped up and gotten okay. more loud, loud. Uh, over time. So I think yeah, back then be, it was just like yeah, we're sh- just sitting here talking and sh- um, shampoo. I think she's gonna say shampoo. Maybe it's because it came out. Of, they were still closer to the radio days where it was more you know just talking and because that is the, what you're doing now. That's the cadence of those shows then. Whereas yeah. now it is everyone's yelling. <laughs> but you'd think microphones are better now. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I don't think it's the mics. I don't think it's the mics. I think Speaking it's... of, does anyone know any babies named Mike right now? Because Daniel and I were... I, I didn't take part in this conversation, but in my head I did. We both know a buttload known, of Mikes and Michaels. That was the name mics. of our day. I've known Michaels. Leah's, Jennifer's, Heather's, Michelle's. Yes. I don't think there's any of those nowadays. Right, like... But it's due for a resurgence. No Stephanie's. No, no Stephanie's. Jennifer's. Nope. No Mike. But they're going to come back. But Maybe. everyone was named Mike. So much so that if someone's named Mike, they have to go by their last name. What's well, always Mike than the last letter? Oh, we just called them by their last name. Oh, well, that was just a thing. We did that for everybody, but yes. But especially the mics. Maybe because there were so many mics. That's what started that. (sighs) Do you have to disagree with me? Mm -hmm. Let's get into your bad energy before. Why? Just want to know what was it about? Uh, Well, I was tired. Um, You wanted to test the video cameras. And um, for me, that becomes a very stressful proposition. I wasn't mad or anything. Is it because you went to film school? No, it's because, not at all. It's because I know that this is a, not a small project. Like, this is, it means like, have, you know, like we have, you have to get a video capture card to work on your computer and it doesn't quite work. I got to get the software set up and it's not working. And then you, and then you want to talk about the angles and the this and then the lighting. And, and it's just like, we were going to record a show. So I felt like, how, like, how much do you want to nail down tonight? Because if you want to nail all this down tonight, we're not going to be recording till nine o'clock uh, because this is just too big a project. So I was like stressing a little about how much, and then also uh, feeling generally like um, I don't really know how to yet how to answer the questions because I don't know exactly how you want it set up. And so it just feels like a bit of a, like, I don't know what exactly, how to, I don't know what we're doing right now. Sometimes I wish you'd open up and tell me. Just kidding. Because you told me. Um, (laughs) Okay, but but was the vibe you were getting from me that you couldn't have told me that stuff? That I was pushing to to do all of it? Cause I feel like, well, like, cause I feel like you could have said that. I, I feel like I was pretty open to like, let's just see what we can do. Yeah, I was pretty uh, open I was, to. to well, I was trying to go. Down. I was trying to go with with whatever you wanted to go with. 
but it was just it was like causing some stress that's all yes i mean that wasn't mad or anything it was just like i was like okay no, but you had a real you had a real edge i felt <sighs> you had an edginess that i couldn't understand honey that's my that's my brand an edginess that I've i don't understand a, yeah that's what oh, that's why i'm famous who told you that Lots of people are talking about it. Do you know that I remember the first time you were edgy? No. You didn't know that? (laughs) (laughs) No. The first edge? No. Okay. We were driving back from Comic Con. Mm -hmm. And you had like your Sunday edginess. Oh, because I had to work the next day. I guess. And I was just like, what is up? And I remember you saying, like, you're trying to square my mood. And I was just like, yes. <laughs> you commented on that. I mean, you know, back in the days when I would commute to work, Sundays would always get stressful if like I was coming home late or something. Cause it's just like, Oh fuck, I got a whole week ahead of me. Um, yeah. But I think you tend to take my stress to be like anger or something where it's not, I'm not angry or anything. It's just, um, I grew up in a house where no one ever said anything directly and no one ever said what they meant. And your task as a person in the house was to decipher it, to decipher. And it was just like, everything was coded. Everything was subtext. Your survival relied on being able to read the room, read signals, pick things up. So I have, I feel like as an, you know, as an adult who's been in therapy forever, like I am trying to unlearn that, but I think it, um, you know, it's like a dog who has really strong training and hears someone whispering, and is trying not to mm. try and like is and is like right. I keep cocking my head like is someone saying sit to me well, and it's like driving me nuts. Just a so bit. you know, in general, um, if it's a situation where I feel like you need something from me and I don't know how to like solve whatever problem or make you happy, I get it'll cause stress in me because I feel like I don't like oh. It feels like, you know, high stakes a little bit. And so I'll just get that. But it's not because I'm mad at you about it. I'm not mad that you are needing something and I don't know how to answer a question or solve it or whatever. It's more just like I feel like, oh, no. Like I'm just, it's like stressful for me. So, But I think it would help me if instead of... um Don't worry, guys. We're going to return to the show in a moment. I think it would help me if instead of wearing that stress on your face and your tone of voice and stuff. Draw it on my butt cheek. <laughs> yes. You would just just articulate it. Like, I feel like there's something you are wanting from me and I'm not sure I can solve it. Because then I could say to you, like, no, there's not or whatever, you know. Mm, okay. Like that would help me immensely. Think of it sure. as a gift to me. Okay. Because I, all I know is you're d- unhappy with me right now, and I'm not sure what pressure I'm putting. I'm not sure. Like mm-hmm. you're reacting as if I'm putting pressure on you, but I don't think I am. So I don't know what's happening right now, and it's making me feel 
uneasy. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because I felt like, but I think I'm being pretty chill about this whole thing. It was like a pretty relaxed um, exploration of the video cameras. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, I'm sorry. Thank you for letting us do that. I know that that was uncomfortable for all parties. No, it's fine. It's just I don't I don't love doing therapy on the air. Um, no, I don't think anyone does. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't know that I don't know that they loved hearing that either. So I would like to apologize to everyone. Um, I had a realization. This is not about therapy. It's just a funny realization. Mm-hmm. So Todd uh, is doing a podcast, and he asked if I could. Um, he needs like someone to do a reenactment of mm. a couple lines, like mm-hmm. a little bit of acting, mm-hmm. and he needs some. He needs someone to do these lines, and they are. The character is a smart person who sounds dumb. And he thought of oh. me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I haven't been feeling well recently. And, and they're due this weekend. And I was thinking, like, ugh, I just don't feel like acting. Mm. Um, I don't feel like digging deep and, like, finding motivation. And, and you, go meth- you go full method go usually. Full method. So you've got to live in the character yeah, for a have Exactly. I'm going to have to... It's very disruptive. I'm gonna ha- well, I'm gonna have to go find their family, talk to them, yeah. move out. Um, and especially, you know, I was talking to you about feeling like I really did myself a disservice by not getting formal acting training. Yeah. And, you did the world a disservice. Right. I Yes. Um, apologies, world. But anyway, then I had this uh, epiphany, which was, I don't think I need to act. <laughs> Right, because he's casting you. <laughs> he wants someone who's a smart person who sounds dumb. Mm. This might, the genius might be in the casting. That might be my thing. Right? Listen, I feel like that's a very popular, you know, archetype. <laughs> you could probably get a lot of work that way, just being you. I think that is my, I think, I think that's like, I don't think you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot of acting required. From yours, truly. Um, That's like when David Huntsberger was doing his like sketches, uh-huh. and he had us do one, and he sent us the script ahead of time, and I read it, and I was like, oh, okay, you know. And so then we started doing it, and I was doing kind of a character. Cause I, loved what, I loved the choices you made. For real, though? No, I did. did. I really did. I was doing it the way, in my head, it was funny, and it needed to be read, and he... <laughs> Had written it uh, with a, with what he thinks of me, nor just like not acting, like just my on air sort of persona, which is uh, like in his words, I think like kind of a grouch, a curmudgeon, <laughs> a I think. curmudgeon, <laughs> which like I couldn't do because I don't know, I don't really know how to pre- how to be yourself. Well, yeah, because I, I'm not like sure what is in his mind that I am, you know. And I couldn't nail that, and I kept wanting to do it the way I wanted to do it, and I just felt like, uh, I just fucked it all up. Um, yeah. He just wanted curmudgeonly old EQ. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Let's take a call. This one is from last week. Oh. Hello, this is Megan from Newton, Massachusetts. I'm calling to let Daniel know that here in Newton, 
a lovely suburb of Boston. We have a blue bottle, uh, George Howell, which is an artisanal roaster, <laughs> and no fewer than four Starbucks. And we have great schools and parks. So put it on your list of places to consider. Again, that's Megan from Newton, Massachusetts. Oh, I love you. Megan. Megan, the Megan sandwich. I love I, it. First of all, fake news. I know for a fact that the only <laughs> all coffee have is, Duncan. th- is Duncan's. <laughs> um, one of my favorite things to do is to give people from Boston and people from Phoenix a hard time. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> it is probably because, and I know why. In the in the case of Boston, it's because every person who comes to Los Angeles from Boston um, seems to hate Los Angeles and won't shut up about Boston. Uh, and so that makes me want to shit on Boston. But the truth is, I have been to Boston and I don't actually feel the way that I pretend to feel. Uh, it's a very cute city. I love the colonial stuff. I love the historical stuff. I love the bars where like, you can go to a bar in Boston or I've been to a bar in Boston where it's like every generation is in the bar. It just feels like more European in some ways. Uh, I don't love how how often I was asked about my ethnicity. That was weird. Like, were they trying to find out if you were Jewish? Super weird. Like everyone would know. They would just. Everyone was like, "What are you? What are you? Irish? What are you?" <laughs> like, uh, what? Nobody asked you that on the West Coast. Uh, I love the weather. It's beautiful. My grandmother's from Cape Cod, so, uh, and I know there's more than Dunkin' Donuts. But the thing that hit me when I was in Boston, I didn't know that Dunkin' was like a thing in Boston going in. And so when I was there, I was like, there is a fucking Dunkin' Donuts on every train stop. Every like, what is going on? Didn't Maria Menounos work at a Dunkin'? I think so. Um, so just understand, I love you. I love uh, folks from Massachusetts. It's, uh, it's a great place. Uh, it's just one of those things. And then people from Phoenix, similar. I, um, I, I love to give you shit, but you're, all, you're good people. Most of you. This is unrelated. Yes. But while you were talking, my eyes fell upon the highlighter. I just remembered at the place that we got our boosters, which is also the place where our kids got their vaccinations because mm-hmm. we want them to be sterile and magnetic. Yeah. Um, they have like an amazing pharmacy. Yeah, it's that, a you cute, know how it's some, a really pharmacy. some pharmacies they have like d- a bottle of Dolcolax that's been there since 1995 some like butterscotch lifesavers and wax earplugs. And you're like, how does this place stay in business? Have you seen pharmacies like that? It's like, it's so depressing. They have, (laughs) and like an enema bottle. It's all got an inch of dust. Yes. And like, and like a cane. It's like a post-apocalyptic, like picked through. Yeah. Right. Like, store that has empty shelves is so depressing. It is so depressing. Um, But this one is like, they have, stationery and crayons and to- it feels and- like stuff that like they'll they will sell things if you're just someone who walks in there and says hi i sell stuff can you put it on your shelves mm-hmm. you know like it, it all but feels like very, stuff you couldn't get curated. on amazon yeah it's curated it's, yeah but it's not just anything like right. if you walk in and you say i sell supplements i don't think they're gonna put it there right it's like a cool stationary they have a lot of pens and crayons and Mm -hmm. it's it's a really it's the kind of store i would have spent hours in as a kid until someone who worked that that kicked me out yes i mean 
just as a, a kid, you want to just walk oh. up and down the small aisles because they have really cool pens and crayons and unicorn mermaid stuff. And I mean, it's just, but anyway, they had erasable, they had a pack of erasable highlighters. And I like was dry like, erase? I don't know. But I was like, maybe I need to buy myself that as a gift for me. Erasable highlighters. I know, as a gift for myself for getting a shot. Honey, you deserve erasable But then I forgot about it because I got my shot. Which are and better then, than erasable highlighters. Those are, and those are highlighters that like won't listen, <laughs> won't listen to reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were the same shape as highlighters, but then they had, they were double-ended. Just like makes me think of like an, er- an eraser on one end, or like a yeah. sharp. No, like an ink on one side, and I don't know. A big breakthrough. I mean, the mind, hi- the mind boggles. The big, huge breakthrough in highlighter technology, of course, was whatever ten years ago or something when they invented the the ones that have the clear. Oh yes, yeah, so you can see where yes, you're highlighting. So you can see exactly. Yeah. You can see ahead. But this, yes, but this. Solves that problem, I suppose, because you can, or if you highlight something you didn't want to highlight. Well, would you rather you have it. a highlighter that you can see ahead and get it right on the first pass, or know you're going to f up and have to erase it, but you can? Why not both? I just want to know what is the consistency and like the tone and the opacity. There's no way to know. I know. Well, that's why I wish I bought them. Yeah. Can we talk about the fact, okay, when we got our shots, there was this little girl who, how old do you think she was? Eight, not, maybe like nine. Like seven. I think she was that young? Seven or eight. She was, she was young. When my grandfather died, I was, I was 18 and my sister was 14 and we met one of his friends who guessed that like I was 13 and my sister was 11 or something. And we, we laugh at this all the time, but I feel like I've turned, but he was like, you know, you still laugh at that. I've never stopped laughing (laughs) because that, that feels like not that far away from what you were like, wait, what were you? I was, you were what? 18. Oh, you were 18. Yeah. And she was 14 and he thought we were, maybe we thought we were like nine and six. I don't know. Wait, wait. Oh my god! Okay, that, <laughs> is funny. that is funny. I, it was something so far off. That's funny. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I'm not that far. You were a young eighteen. Let me just be honest. I mean, he, but nine. he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, or maybe he thought I was. I don't know. Right. It was. Yeah, no, it wasn't fourteen. It, it was. It was something insane. But I feel like I'm that person now. Like I have no idea how old it's, anyone is. I can tell after. M- Elliot has passed through that age. Yes. I can tell. But anything ahead of Elliot, it's hard for me to tell. So that girl could have been seven. She could have been nine. 14. No. <laughs> no, yeah, anyway. she, yeah, exactly. That yeah. So she was just like crying because she was so afraid of getting a shot. She was so scared. And I, my new thing is when I see a kid crying, it makes me almost cry. And I feel this desire to get involved, even though no one wants my help. And right. why would they? It's well, not my child. 
if you were out and about and Owen, Owen was carrying on, you wouldn't expect the other parents to like step in and help. No, although I don't think I'd be bothered if someone no, but if you, someone tried to. But you wouldn't think it's their responsibility. No, not at all. But honestly, now when you put it that way, I don't think if someone tried to, I don't think I'd be like, mind your beeswax, you weird lady. Depends you on how weird other mom. obviously. No, but, like, but I, I, so she was there and I said, I said, are you getting a shot? And she said, yes. And I said, you know, I just had one and I was a little bit scared too. And it didn't hurt. It didn't move the needle at all for her. No. Cause who are you? How does she know that you're, you're sane even she can't trust you. No, I get that. But I like, but th- and then when we were at Elliot's Halloween parade at school, there was this little boy bawling with his teacher's aide. And I like wanted to go try to console him. And his mom was right there. Like along with all the other parents. I know. Yeah. I did I wasn't actually tempted. Oh, I'm I, just saying like it it's like it it called forth some like deep mom thing in me. I just think after you you have kids, there something changes in your neurochemistry mm-hmm. and you you become like conditioned to have a particular response to a kid crying crying. and it honestly like even for me but i but honestly i you know what it was i always had that level of empathy before but now it feels like more physical than it used to. well it feels like you you need to do something yeah that's what i'm talking about and so like even for me when we left we left the parking lot Listen, she we could still hear her crying because they were like outside and the mom well, was trying I to had her. shot blockers which are these discs that have these little pokey things on them and you they're supposed to like block the nerve sensors do but they, they work were, i don't know because i they're for kids i've never used one <clears throat> but like they weren't like they were used <laughs> or they were like out of the packaging but i was so tempted to go to the mom and be like i have these shop blockers like you could put alcohol on them maybe they would work but like i felt like that'd be so weird and plus i'm like giving her like potentially used shop blockers but like but they maybe- don't puncture the skin i know oh so you think i should have well you could have I felt i'm like not saying be- you should have but- i was so tempted well like microscopically they might but finish my thought before so when we were leaving i felt there's this feeling of abandoning a child which is i think you know it's like oh my god i can't just leave this child i'm not used to leaving a child who's crying because i'm always it's always my child so i do i just think that that's because we're just conditioned yes uh but I just can't, I think it's totally yeah. normal. I was just telling myself, like, this is her mom. Her mom has certainly talked her through. Her mom was tons dealing of, with it. Yeah, and like, her mom was also very seemed nice. Her mom wasn't like like my I think the thing that would have like been so upsetting for me would have been but for me. Let's talk about my emotions in this situation. <laughs> would have been if someone was like, You're getting the shot no matter what, and like held the kid down or something. Oh my god. That would be traumatic. Well, you know in some universe that happens. Of course, that happens all um, the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, they seemed compassionate. Yeah, you know, you know what I like to say is spare the rod, spoil the child. I've heard you say that so many times. I say times. that all the time. Yeah. That's why we have a house full of rods. Yeah. Rod Sterling. It, yeah. Rod, rod Schneider. Mm-hmm, from Jaws. Rod. And from, um, all that jazz. Rod. Stewart. Stewart. Rod. A-Rod. A-Rod. 
Are there any other Rods? Uh, isn't there a wrestler, Rodney? Dangerfield. Dangerfield, the wrestler, famous wrestler. <laughs> anyway, yeah. That, no, let's. We're gonna name more Rods. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yes, is that who you're thinking of? Uh huh. Rodney Bingenheimer. On the Rock. Yeah. Man, uh, if we were on a trivia show and we had to name Rods. I feel like we've landed on the big podcast ones. gold right here. Like I'm naming just, rods. I'm surprised. Name that rod. Name that rod. We could this could be like your uh you, you might be a redneck. Like you could that could be like <laughs> books of just you naming rods that that are on the bookshelf at the cash register at Barnes and Noble. Rodney King. Rodney King. I got that one from Google. You know. Rodney Rod Pickhot, singer-songwriter. Rod, Rodney Smith. Who's that? No, I don't know. I'm sure there's Rodney Smith out there. There's really not a lot of Rods. Okay, this didn't work. I did Rod Asterisk, which I feel like used to be a thing. I need to learn how to do all the codes and searches. You know one yeah. thing I don't know how to do? Codes and searches? Is if I want to search for something where it's two words, and I only want things that have those two words. I don't want... Things have the one word or the other word. Uh-huh. I want both words. Yeah. There's like a way to do that, and I've forgotten. And every time I try a different way, it never works. Famous people named Rod. Okay. Rod Robinson? Of course. Okay. We're going to search famous people named. Most famous person named Rod is not really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for. Okay. Rod Serling. Rod Blagojevich. Oh. Rod Laver. Rod Carew, Rod Steiger, Rod Argent, Rod McCune, Rod Marsh, Rod... Le- Look, I already don't know who these... Rod Woodson, yeah, Rod like, Liddell. You, you go three down and it's just... You run out of rods. Yeah. Rod Frawley, Hot Rod Hundley. Okay. This is... Rod Clements. I don't know who any of these rods are. Right. Man, there's a lot of opportunity f- if you want to be a rod. Okay, let's listen to another voicemail. So the prompt this week mm-hmm. was, what's the most annoying thing your partner does? And mm. that was Daniel's idea. Hmm. Strange. I wanted to know, have you ever eaten out of the trash? Oh, you didn't do both? I did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but when I suggested that, Daniel wanted to know what's the most annoying thing your partner does. Yeah, I wonder why. Hmm. The most annoying thing my partner does is uh, when they finish brushing their teeth, instead of just spitting, they do this like, <laughs> like, like a cowboy spitting into a spittoon. It's, it's very unsettling, even 10 years on. Uh, that's gross. I do that, though. I, I mean, feel like I do that. Like, how do you do it? I clear my, the phlegm. Oh, it. God. I know, it's gross. But I try to keep the door shut. My new thing. Tell me how you guys feel about this. Daniel, it used to be when I would be getting ready for bed in the bathroom, Daniel would come in and then we'd get ready together. And then I said, you know what? I would like to have some alone time in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And so now we take turns. And mm-hmm. I prefer it. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably better. I mean, yeah. Usually you're going to bed a little earlier than I am anyway, mm-hmm. so it doesn't really, it's not really an issue. Right. You know why? Just to be fully honest, 
because sometimes you there's need to go potty. Yeah, because sometimes it's like I go to the bathroom and then I'm like, I need to go to the bathroom again. And you don't want someone in there flossing. Right. And I don't want to have to wait for you to leave. And I know that I spent a long time on this podcast being like, I just feel like we should be able to shit in front of each other. And I'm no just no fucking way. I changed my mind on that one. No, 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 no. Some things need to be left to the imagination. <laughs> yeah. In Cleveland. Heather. Okay. I'm going to go with your other optional prompts that you first thought of about eating food out of trash. <laughs> Thank you. No, I have never done this because of a TV show called Empty Nest that I know you are familiar with. Do you remember the episode where a little boy was really sick and they couldn't figure out what it was and it turns out he had botulism? Ugh. And the reason he got botulism, this is the only time I've ever heard of it in my life and since, was because he ate fish sticks out of the trash because his mom punished him and, like, sent him to bed without dinner or something. I think that's how it went in my memory. So he snuck into the kitchen trash and ate the fish sticks out of it, and he got botulism. So ever since then, when I watched that episode when I was maybe, like, 10 or 11 years old, I have never been brave enough to even eat a peanut butter cup that I've thrown out because I didn't want to tempt myself by having it in the house and go back into the trash and eat it. So anyway, that's my eating out of the trash story. Again, Heather in Cleveland. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs> I don't remember that episode, but look at that. It kept her from eating food out of the trash. That's good. I'm trying to see. Like, I don't think I ever watched Empty Nest. Oh, it was so good. Was it? it well, that's my memory of it, but I don't remember real well. Um, you know what I was saying to Daniel last night when we went to dinner? We've now gone to dinner twice in the pandemic. This is or crazy. maybe three times. Um, I know. Look at us. Uh, I never watched Frasier, but I watched a clip of it yesterday, and it was so funny that it made me go, you know, maybe I need to give this show a shot. Uh, it, was, it, it was on the first year that I went to college, and I like I didn't really watch TV a lot in college, so I think that's why I missed out on it. And then it's like that Mad About You. These were shows my parents watched, so I had sort of a like, oh, I don't want to watch. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't think of them as shows I watched. They were shows my parents watched. So other than Seinfeld, any show and I also didn't watch Seinfeld when a, it came out. Any show between like ninety two and. On a, I don't know that I watched any network show after 92, honestly. My, Even fri- now. my Even. friends and I made time for friends. You were, you were obsessed with friends. I wasn't obsessed, you but were I liked it. You okay. were a little obsessed. I liked friends. it, and then later, Sex and the City, I liked. But um, Yeah, I think HBO got me back into TV. Yeah. But like any show between then, I haven't watched any of. Right. Um, yeah. I'll, like Actually, no, no, I take that back. When I'm on an airplane, they'll sometimes show King of Queens mm. or Mm-mm. one of those. And so I'll see occasionally an episode of that with no, with no sound on. Uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, Our friend Phil Rosenthal did that show. Which, you know, they're, they're great shows. But I don't know, like the sitcom just feels like a waste of time to me generally like whenever i'm watching a sitcom i'm just like there's so many other things i could be doing right even now. facts of something great like facts of life but facts of life was great when i was a kid yeah 
I don't know that if Facts of Life was airing now that I would have the patience for it. Hush your mouth and bite your tongue. Daniel, you know what we need to do? Tell me. I can't wait to find out. We need to get life insurance. We do, actually. Uh, that's what I'm saying. We actually, for real, do. Uh, and um, we should just go to Policy Genius and we should just we do, should do it. it. Yeah, we, we need to do it. Um, we all hope we never need life insurance, but mortgage payments, childcare, and other expenses don't disappear when you're gone. Life insurance through your workplace may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it won't follow you if you leave your job. Since life insurance typically gets more expensive as we age, now's the time to buy. Policy Genius gives you a smarter way to find and buy the right coverage for you and your family. Policy Genius was built to modernize the life insurance industry. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies like AIG and Prudential in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $17 per month for $500 of coverage. And Policy Genius has licensed agents who can help you find options that offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. They're not incentivized to recommend one insurer over the other, so you can trust their guidance. There are no added fees, and your personal info is private. No wonder they have thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Again, that's policygenius.com. Um, all right. So I have a special thing for you guys that I need to find. So last week uh, was an encore presentation of one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> but when I went to look for the on- which episode to do as the encore presentation, I encountered a clip that I remembered being very funny. Uh, and I replayed it and I was just like in stitches. I thought it was so funny. Um, so I want to replay that. This is from... Um, an episode. It was November 18th, 2018, uh, which Owen was born February 20th, 2019. So I was very pregnant. Uh, and Daniel, when Daniel heard part of it, he's like, oh, you sound stuffed up. For some reason, I just, being pr- I don't know why I was stuffed up throughout the pregnancy. I don't know if that's how all women are when they're pregnant, but I always tended to sound. Were you when you were pregnant with Elliot? I think so. Yeah. I think it's like the hormones yeah. just make you sound stuffy. Um but anyway, it was Everything um, was being pushed up in your head. <laughs> right. Uh it was <clears throat> Chef Jeff, Renee, David Huntsberger, you and me. Mm-hmm. And we did Topic Sombrero and the thing that was pulled out was friend zones. So we were talking about the friend zone, like whether we believe in it or not. Not your Patreon exclusive, the friend not, zone. Thank you for reminding you me. You interview someone and it's uh, you know, you can subscribe to Patreon. Thank, thank you, you for reminding me. Yeah. Yes. Tony Get ready to play that Patreon drop. You guys, I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for all sorts of fun stuff. I was inspired recently Mm. by uh, Tim Heidecker, Mm -hmm. Office Hours. Mm -hmm. He does like a big blog post. He does. He likes to once a week or so. So I did a big blog post today. I like it. Did you you read what I wrote? I didn't read today's, but I, I I like it when you write. Yeah. 
So I was encouraging. I you wrote to do recently, that. and then I wrote another big, uh, and I called it Allison's brain dump. That's the tag I put. But I'm Who like, I wouldn't to, love that. I need to find something more refined. But I just did a big old brain dump. I took a big steaming brain dump today. There's just a lot of crap bouncing around the old brain room. out. I just went. There's all my thoughts. Um, no, so I wrote about. Uh, I explained what's going on with the episodes because mm. I had uh, other guests booked and then there mm. was like, so I went into mm. some detail on the so booking. You get all the skinny. All the skinny on the stuff, on the bookings, on the yep. guests, on the this, on the that. And then some stuff going on with like, you know, some family stuff and, you know, just it's a real bird's eye. It's a real behind the scenes view of yeah. all the shit in my brain. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I, I I dumped that on on the Patreon, and then also you know you get uh, you get friend zone episodes. Mm-hmm. You, if there's a level where you can text me, I'll text oh, you yeah. back. Subscribe for a year, mm-hmm. you get two months free. What oh. a deal! Yeah. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Okay, thank you. But anyway, uh, friend zone was the prompt that came out of. Was uh, it like, do you believe in the friend zone or something? Or you maybe there, it's a I, it's a thing. Perhaps Something I don't like I don't remember, but anyway, we were talking about it. So anyway, uh, it was very funny. So here is a clip, and I don't exactly know uh, where the end point of the clip is. We'll just figure it out as we go. Let's do it. Okay. Like, there's plenty of guys that I have been friends with, and at the very beginning, I did sort of like them as more than a friend, and then we just settled into friends. And I, I, but none of them do I feel like I should have been with them. Like I should, I should not have been with them. But I think perhaps the friend zone is on the other end of that. That guy is like, I should have been with her. And next thing I know, we're whatever that might be. Right. She's complaining to me about her boyfriend that treats her like crap. Yeah, yeah. I wish he was nice like you. (laughs) You know who's nice like me? Me! (laughs) But I know guys who's like their maneuver is to be the one that she confides in while she's having boyfriend trouble and then they swoop in i got swooped in on and then i know Hmm. that um i know that and then we got married (laughs) his now wife i think also it was like a similar situation where she was talking to him about her shitty boyfriend and then now they're together like that's his move. I don't know if he knows it's his move. I think age is also a factor. I think that's a correct yeah. assessment. Yeah. I don't remember if Daniel or David said that, but I feel like this is a pre pre college or pre college thing. Yeah, and after, yeah. right you when you don't, really don't just it. talk through talk about I, things. right, and you, and you also understand your game and their game and yes. the signals a lot better. Right, yes. and also you just you kind of know what you want, and better. you learn and you learn how to. Um, this is too strong a word, but like the, the game of seduction. Like that sounds so. Like, <laughs> is that what you, that that you so, with me? <laughs> oh, I hate that word, but it's like I don't know any other way to put it. Like you, you learn. I know it's so cheesy. Like I am wearing a bathrobe right now. <laughs> what, Daniel? I, I know it's like it's funny to you that <laughs> to play a clip where it's like so embarrassing to me. <laughs> Can I just say? <laughs> it gets a thousand times better, but keep going. Yes, go ahead. I'm realizing why I said that now mm-hmm. upon listening I to it again. I'm not making fun of you. It's fine. It's cringe for me, but it, it, get your laughs in, okay, folks. Go ahead. What do you want to say why you said it? I'll wait till the end. Okay. 
<laughs> um, just picturing you with like a pipe at but thirteen years all old. All I mean <laughs> when I say that, all I mean is when I say that is like you learn how to flirt and you learn when there's something and when there isn't something. It that's all. And so when you're when I was like until a certain age, I had no idea. And so you just like I just liked her, and you know, but there was never anything. But then at a certain point, that never happened again because I always could tell if Wait, there was attraction. Wait, do you feel like you flirted with me? What do you mean? <laughs> I feel like I feel like we just got to know each other in like a pretty earnest way. Like I don't feel like there was like flirtation. Right. Did you guys start on this? <laughs> Are you saying right? Like that's what you think? Well, I didn't flirt with you. If I had flirted with you, you would have run for the hills. You'd know it, baby. No, like <laughs> you're... I flirted with you. Uh, no, no, no. five kids <laughs> right now. The game of seduction is afoot. <laughs> no, but the way Daniel said right, that was very bathroom. No, but I mean, I, I, I could read the type of person you were. I knew that if I had come on strong with your game, with your game of, sh- your <laughs> game of seduction, I had a little bit of game. Come on, um, well, you know, try it out. Is that so hard to believe? (laughs) (laughs) Anal? (laughs) Try it out. I think you'll like it. I'm not laughing at the notion of you flirting. I'm laughing at your use of the phrase game of seduction. (laughs) For lack of a better term. What other? I don't know. Game of seduction. Listen. I'm laughing with you. I'm I'm fully engulfed in in self-loathing for having used that phrase. (laughs) It does not reflect... It's not the an accurate description of it, but I don't know what else to say. It's it's it all it is is knowing when someone's interested, and then understanding how far to go. So like you sized me up as like oh well I knew I, I knew that flirt it, if flirt in a however you whatever page it would have it wouldn't have worked it wouldn't have been appropriate. Like right, you weren't we ready were the, for that, so you know, I thought <laughs> I wasn't ready for the full. You weren't ready for the full quants. <laughs> if I would have, if I would have given you the full quants, you would have been either. You'd never stop ovulating. Quants, full quants. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> the game is just assessing people. You're you gonna cut all this out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, no, I think the game involves assess. That's gotcha. That's number step one. So step one of the, the game playship is assessing. Uh, the only choice then, I have now is to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Quants method. It's not just the for folding sweaters. Many things. <laughs> this is only part of it. So you make an assessment, and part of it is like, can I get this person? No, 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 no. But it's like if I'm attracted to somebody. It's like, what's the best uh, first, way? First to... is like, is there any interest? And then you're you talk to them, and <laughs> oh you see, you know you go as far as the other. But you you're like what? It's just I I feel like I got locked into having to explain this, and I it's there's no beautiful. business explaining this. It's so good. All right. Responding to them, it's so it's there are many. Out. Many games of seduction. So many plays so in the game. Getting, if you're getting some rebuffing, you walk away and say, that game is not worth playing. <laughs> Which I think a lot of people don't do. They go, yes. oh, Wendy Peppercorn, I'm going to figure out a new maneuver. Well, so a young keep man, attacking. Right. So a young man, myself, would not, who's not able to listen or respond to, you would just come on full bore <laughs> and scare them away, which right. is all I ever did until a certain age. I'd be like... You know, raised on movies where I'm supposed to make a grand gesture. I'm going to, 
you know, do whatever. And they would be like, I'm never talking to you again. I'm so <laughs> creeped out or I'm like so uncomfortable with the situation. Do you remember that, that young age that is probably preteen age where as guys, I don't know where we got this idea from movies or whatever, but there was the idea of the pickup line and mm-hmm. it was, you had a pickup line or you would hit it's on like a there's woman. A magic. Yeah. Like there's yeah. a cheat code. Right. And if you said the right thing, all of a sudden it was just boom, everything would be unlocked and a woman would turn and be and like, her oh, eyes would turn yeah. into pinwheels. And she'd be like, <laughs> what did you say about me being an angel? <laughs> when really the best pickup line is just high, just normal approach. I think it's I just remember, confidence and look at just, my balls. You know. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, this. This is so weird. I remember when early twenties, a girl saying, "Yeah, guy used a pickup line on me," and I thought it was so ridiculous that I liked him. And I go, "What was the line?" And it was the one about. Oh, that sweater is very becoming on you. Of course, if I were wrapped around your chest, I'd be coming on you. That's crazy. Nuts. She was like, that yeah. one cracks me up, though. <laughs> but that's what, she well, was they, like, that was funny. It was so yeah. ridiculous. But I bet he had a non-threatening energy. Yeah, the yeah. delivery was. Of it that, was like, like this is absurd. Yeah, yeah. but wow. still, that's pretty strong. It, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. a. I mean, the the whole idea is breaking the ice, isn't it? It's just. But so, that oh, I don't know, Daniel. Whew. You tell me. Oh, right. Yeah, great. The Tell game, me, what is the idea? When the Daniel? game is afoot, <laughs> what is the best method? The game is afoot. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The game? Um, I didn't know where the out was. I feel like that is it. That's enough. I enjoyed that immensely. Yeah, funny. Uh, so right before I uh, said the game of seduction, Jeff said something about the game. And oh. so I think the 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 term game I was just following up on what he was saying in my maybe subconsciously that's why I mean not that it really matters but because I, I was like why well, I, I never use that phrase like the game like that's so such right. a weird thing to say it's like oh I Jeff kind of prompted me uh, but uh, anyway um, well I thought it was it, yes. hilarious and then remember, um, someone even made like a, a fake book cover, <laughs> Daniel's Game of Seduction, which I could probably find somewhere. Um, I mean, to the extent that there's a game of seduction, I was never good at it. Like, if there if there is such a thing, it's not like I was have ever like seduced anybody. <laughs> the idea yeah. of seducing someone too is so silly, it's right? Like, do people seduce anymore? I that feels know. like a, a anachronistic. Like, but what did you mean by like not flirting with me or feeling like I couldn't have handled it or wasn't ready? That was me joking. Oh, okay. But Are you sh- but I didn't I didn't realize you were joking. <laughs> that you couldn't have handled my flirtation. Yeah, I thought you were being serious. <laughs> no, that was a joke. But oh, the um, yeah, I'm I'm that confident in my flirtation. <laughs> <that> I, <laughs> I thought you were being. It seemed like you were being serious. Mm-mm. But um. No, I just re- with you. I think the the way to 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 the way to understand it is I didn't need to. There wasn't uh, like flirtation is. I mean, to the extent that there was flirtation, I'm sure it it the it's like we texted each other and mm-hmm. it was like there was a we were building sort of a rapport and being silly with each other, and that's a kind of flirtation, yeah. like the way one banter. Yeah, banter. Like I think that's the kind of flirtation I did with you. Is I, I was playful with you, and we were, we'd have fun and have good conversation and like that. That that's the kind of flirtation that I, I w- It wasn't like, hey, 
I wouldn't even know what language. I wouldn't even know how to. I actually don't even know how to flirt, really. Like, like what? What would flirting be? I feel like. Well, that's what I that. What that's more in keeping with what I would have thought, except that in that clip you are making it out like you do, you like you have like this whole other track. I was of, talking about it more in terms of like one would like if one knew how to flirt. And what someone was like had skills in the, in that in that way, then um, it's all about knowing when it's appropriate mm. and not appropriate. And it wouldn't have been that kind of thing. Wouldn't have been appropriate. I don't know. Uh, you know, sometimes you get to talking, <laughs> you get to talking, and then you feel like you can't like like stop explaining something when you're just making. It. It's like what is it? What do they call that in games? It's like uh, bullshit. No, <laughs> it's uh, it's when it's like generate. It, it's like I forget the term. It's like uh, process generating, where it's like you're moving through an environment and it just generates randomly as you go forward. Oh, I don't know about oh, this. That's kind of how it is. It's like I was like just <sighs> trying to figure out what I was saying as I was talking. Oh, that's just called podcasting. Kind of, but yeah, in terms of like. Uh, the real skill for any young young men or women or uh, non-binaries out there who are looking for my advice, <laughs> the number one thing I would say is um, is to learn how to I, to know when somebody likes you and not try to not try to engineer it. You mean not try to force it? Just not try to like, yeah, not try to force it or not try to make someone like you. Yeah. That's the thing I thought I had to make people like me. And it's like, no, you have to just know the signs when someone likes you. Because if someone likes you, then you don't have to play games. Yeah. Do you know who Elise Myers is? No. She uh, is a very popular TikToker and she now has a podcast. Um, And there's a sound of hers on tiktok but i guess people are making reels to it too uh that i just saw and um it's like your job is not to make people love you your job is i wonder if i can find it your let me see if i can remember it your your job is not to make people well i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher it but or should i try to find it i don't know Let's see if I can find it. The filibuster. Let me see if I can guess. Your job is not to make people okay, love you. Good. Your job is to be as slick as fuck. Oh yeah. It's you're 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 right on it. Keep going. Your job is to have the fucking sweetest car. <laughs> yes. And and really nice shoes. All of this. So good. Mm, your job is to wipe your butt. Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. And uh, maybe wear a little deodorant. <laughs> yes. And brush your hair mm-hmm. and your teeth mm-hmm. and scrape your tongue. Yep. And clean your belly button. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to clean your belly button and shave your stomach and pop your back zits and. Make a chair out of lettuce. <laughs> oh yeah, keep going. And um, 
create fake profiles on Twitter in order to harass celebrities. Um, I'm trying to find the thing where you can search audio, and I can't find it. Do you know? To search audio? Yeah. I didn't know you could do that. Um, I don't even know if you can. <clears throat> Let's see. I'm just going to do Elise Myers. Elise Myers, your job. Your job is not to make people love you. You know what? We'll decide afterwards if... Oh, here we go. Well, it's not your job to make people love you. Yeah, that seems right. Okay. Here we go. Just in case you were wondering, it's actually not your job to make people love you. It's your job to show people who you are and allow them an opportunity to love you if they want to. If they don't, please let them walk away. They were probably going to walk away anyways, but they just were sticking around to see if you'd beg a little bit. Don't even give them that. Let them go. You're not a shapeshifter. You're not going to turn into the version of yourself that you think would be more lovable by the person you are trying to be loved by. That's not love. That's exhausting. Just in case you were wondering, it's actually not your job. That's good advice. Who is she? Uh, she's this the she woman I was talking. Yeah, she's a TikToker. Oh, TikToker. Um, yeah, and now she has a podcast. Oh, good for but, her. Uh, you know what? It's uh, uh, don't go listen to it. Fuck her. Their podcast. I mean, we don't you need can, more podcasts. No. Well, oh my god, from your mouth to fucking God's ear. <sighs> we need to less podcasts. We need to start jailing other podcasters so there's just us. Don't you agree? I agree. Um, I mean, go listen if you want. It's probably terrible. Just I'm joking. Be, it, I'm joking. It's probably. Fine. I would say, be yourself, but be a good version of yourself. Yeah. Don't be. Uh, Don't like, be crabby. That doesn't mean when people like to say, "Oh, just be yourself." It's like, okay, be yourself unless you're a fucking huge douche. <laughs> but how do you know? Uh, you can tell by the way people react to you. Generally, for one thing, it's hard. I think it's hard. That's one of the hard things. But if you're like, uh. Look, just be yourself. Just be yourself. Just yeah. be, be be the look. If you're stinky, I th- yeah, I think the if you're if you're dirty and if you're pig pen, and you're ornery, and you have like a bad personality, uh, I feel like this no, is listen, terrible advice. If, and you're all those things. There is still someone out yes. there who will love you. Yes. Like now, don't be surprised if it's harder to find that person. Like I just think generally, no. we should all be trying to be happy. And the just the best version of us, and really the standard for that should be internal. It should be whatever you believe that should be. But just you know, it might be that um, your what you want to be is not as you know. Uh, it's like you you might not be McDonald's. You might be Wendy's. Uh, well, this is a bad example. Um, you might. You might not be Jif peanut butter. You might be Skippy. You might be an artisanal uh, almond butter. You know what I mean? Like, with not enough sugar in it. Like, you might not be everybody's cup of tea. I hope you're not everybody's cup of tea. I'm just saying popularity, hun. Yeah. Like, there, there might not be as many options. If you're somebody who's hyper-specific in your interests and things like that, don't try to, like, sand the edges be yourself it just means that it might be harder to find the compatible person but in today's world 
you know, there's like lots of different options to find those people. And um, I don't know. It's never worth it to compromise yourself is what I'm saying. Pretty cliche-ly. Cliche-ly. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I exhaust myself. I'm so sorry to everybody. I was I was thinking earlier today. I'm going to admit something. Uh-oh. That's like deeply insecure sounding. Oh boy. I feel like when you met me, mm-hmm. you probably felt like you were like scoring, you know, a pretty like in demand lady. Cause I was on the Adam Carolla show and I was like oh. all of a sudden, yeah, very, I was in demand. It, it was a huge letdown when I realized but what, what a giant loser you were. That's what I'm saying. Like all of a sudden my stock was, my stock was very high at yeah. that time. Well, that's why you were able to score me. Right. So this is a weird conversation, but it was a thought I had earlier and you know me. If it's in my head, it comes out my mouth. So all of a sudden, I was like a real, you know, what a, what, a, what a catch that lady is. I was definitely in a phase in my life where I was like, what is the highest value woman I can score? You know, <laughs> yes, you, want, you wanted a real HVW. I had a whole list of ladies that were potential gets. And like I had numbers and like levels. And you were mm-hmm. definitely up there, hon. Right. Yeah. But my whole life... I never felt like an H V dub. That's mm-hmm. not true. Let me rephrase. Mm. My whole life I was never treated mm. like an H V dub. Mm-hmm. Inside, internally, I believed I was mm-hmm. and I felt like one. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm using Nexium language, a high value woman. This is insane. Mm-hmm. Please, anyone who's listening, if you've just tuned in to this part, I wonder where you were for the first hour and 11 minutes. But anyone, please understand these terms are ridiculous. Um, I felt that I was like deserving of true love and that I had worth as a human being and stuff, but I was like never treated, you know, I was not an in-demand person where I grew up. I was like pretty much a loser. Um, And so I was not treated well by men for the most part. And I didn't demand to be treated well at all. Um, You know, I was very like not, I did not understand how to date. I was like, you know, I, I just, I read signals from guys wrong. I just was like a very, a mess in the whole world of dating and stuff. And I was like, kind of just learning. I, I was just a real late bloomer to all of that. Um, and so someone who is aware of their value and demands to be respected, you know, carries themselves in a certain way and acts in a certain way. And then someone who's like, has always been like mistreated and doesn't have a lot of self-respect acts a different way. And I think I was like somewhere in between, I think. Um, But had I not, what am I trying to say? 
I feel a little bit like you got tricked into definitely thinking I was something that I wasn't really. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. That's definitely true. I was tricked. (laughs) And it's like when I realized like a few years after we got married. Like if I wasn't on that, if I wasn't on that show, would you still have fallen in love with me? I wouldn't have known who you were. Well, I guess I would have after I had uh, just unfollowed you with a vengeance from, from <laughs> yeah. Twitter. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, Daniel had followed me because oh he God. saw me on Red Eye and then he unfollowed me because he's like, wait, who is this? I remember unfollowing you. It was like, it felt so, it was like so, such a relief. Thank you. Uh, would I, what's the question? If I didn't know you from Corolla, would I what now? Would you have still fallen in love with me? So wait, you're saying that um, I fell in love with you because you were on Corolla? Yeah. yeah because like it's true it's true yeah i mean like i always was like so into like news girls you know like i remember for the longest time i had a picture of robin quivers on my wall in college Mm -hmm. you know it's like she's so hot like i just want i want that i want that woman who's like a sidekick (laughs) delivering the news you know and uh and then you came along and it was just fuck yeah like phew, hit and then and then it, and then i realized like oh she's like a real person like that sucks <laughs> like and she's like uh that's crazy thinking what you're saying is crazy because what attracted me to you uh actually i enjoyed you on the show mm-hmm. i thought you were funny and i was like oh we have a similar sense of humor and all that but I didn't feel a real connection to you until I started reading your blog. Uh, And I saw it. it, There was something about your writing that really like was like, oh, she's like, you know, super pretty. But then she's also like, and she's funny and she's got this like, uh, you know, this great sort of uh, personality. But she's also like a really good writer. And, um, what? I I guess I'm just thinking like, it's a little bit of like an ugly, not ugly duckling is the wrong thing. It's like, I was never treated like a hot piece of ass until I started like playing the role a tiny bit. But so much of being a hot piece of ass is is playing playing the the role. role. I mean, honestly, it's a, it's an act. If people knew, <laughs> like I was how, never like I was. That's just like so not. It's not me at all. Except that, like, you know, I think occasionally in the band, maybe or like in New York on. I guess any time, you know what it is? Like any time I was ever treated like that, I felt like I'm like fooling someone. Like you don't understand. This is not who I am. Well, but maybe maybe most women feel I that think way. Most people feel that way, unless they were like popular in school. I mean, it's like again, it's all like it's all smoke and mirrors. You know, like there are very few people who you see them in real life, and it's like, wow, they're just yeah. naturally like a huge piece of ass, like or whatever. A like, huge piece of I ass. don't know what, no, what I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're whatever the term is. Like they're right. just like, Oh my fucking God. Like most people who are thought of as 
crazy hot in person look very normal or even weird. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't believe how weird like Angelina Jolie looks in real life, you know, or like they're just, it's all smoke and mirrors. So, yeah. but also what is sexy, what is attractive is truly, it's so cliche, but it's like, it's truly how a person carries themselves and how they, uh, it's their confidence and how they interact. But I have none. <laughs> well, like we were talking, we were talking <laughs> last right, night. For the longest time I had none. We were talking last night about uh, Emma Darcy, mm-hmm. who is, uh, plays Renera on House of the Dragon. Now the, the actor, uh, Emma, the real person is non-binary. Um, and they are, um, you know, Whatever it just that's that's the case. You don't see too many people who are non-binary out there in the world, like as public figures. So it's kind of a unique thing. And uh, they went viral with this really funny. It's funny that this went viral. That they were asked like, "What is your uh, favorite drink?" And they were like, "Negroni." What is it like Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco in it? And it was there's something so sexy about it. Like, and I thought about that because it's like, why is that? Why did that go viral? Mm-hmm. And it and it's like there's something about I think it's the, very flirtatious. It, the way, the way they that they're it. flirting because they were talking with Olivia Cook who was in the room and they, and I think there's like a flirtation between the two of them. And so there was like a real focus on Olivia and this kind of leaning in and this like, and it was like all confidence. And I think, you know, it made them very sexy. Like, and I go, wow, this is great. This person Daniel has it bad for Emma Darcy. I, I don't, but, but it's, I don't have it bad, but I find it's like, Oh wow. Like you're drawn to them. Yeah. What draws you to a person? Yeah. Is so much of it is the way that they uh, carry themselves and the way that they can focus on you, the way that they might uh, not be too eager. You know, it's like the, that's what's sexy. It, the, the, we focus on looks and we look, focus on body, but honestly, I don't know how, I don't think that plays a whole No, it's something beyond it. that. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway. But with you, it was like, no, I totally would have fallen in love with you outside of the Corolla show because uh, what made me fall in love with you was absolutely you. Like it was, you you know, and and honestly, the more real you got, the more I fell in love with you. And I'm not just saying that. Like, uh, I, yeah, I still, I still am. It's really, it's really the worst thing that ever happened to me. (laughs) Thank you. Um, that's very sweet thank you and so yeah it's all downhill from there shit got very real right away with us Mm -hmm. yeah but that's what you want is someone it's honestly like every couple who gets together shit should get real real fast Mm -hmm. so you can see like is this someone I want to weather the storms with yeah is this a person that I want like by my side who, person who I want to comfort or who I feel could comfort me? Like you want to know that. Right. Or are they going to just like retreat into themselves and not be there for me or, mm-hmm. uh, or whatever. Like it's good to know. We figured that out pretty quick. Right. Um, yeah. 
I feel, yeah, you see it all the time with people like, oh, that person's just abandoning you. Mm-hmm. And then you, and then you feel like you need to still somehow win them over. And, uh, and it's like, no, if someone abandons you in a time of need, that's a sign that you don't want to be with that person. Right. And I mean, abandons emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because so. I'm thinking, how early was that, that my dad went into AFib and we, we, my mom called saying she was on the way to the emergency room. It was pretty early. We come down. That's when you, the first time you met my parents. Was I when met my, them in the hospital. I, in the hospital. I know. Your dad was so, they were so great because it was just like, I don't know, you know, I don't, a lot of people wouldn't want to be seen for the first time, like in a hospital bed, but they, they were just so nice to me. And <laughs> have we told that story before? That that's the first know. time you met my parents. Yeah. My dad was, it was in the just like, Oh, bed. Hey, how you doing? You know, like <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm hooked up to all these machines and whatever. Yeah. Um, I think they were appreciative that you had driven me down. Yeah. Cause you were staying with me or something. Or yeah. you were at my place. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that was, was the first time. And then, crazy. The other thing was we found I found out that I had endometriosis um in maybe like 6 months into us being together. Was it that early? Well, yeah, but well we weren't yeah because I had surgery at the end of 2011. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mhm. And oh wait a minute. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we we we're we met in like while you were recovering, right? <coughs> but I remember crying to y- crying and saying, "I might not be able to have kids." Yeah, and you're like, "I I still want to be with you, even if that's the case." Yeah, I, I thought I'd get like a side piece or just sort of like <laughs> do what Herschel Walker likes to do, which is just to knock up yes other gals. But yeah, I'd stay with you, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's honestly like i i was like preparing myself even when we were doing ivf like we're probably not going to be able to have kids well me too it's kind of amazing we had two kids like and that they're so wonderful oh hey by the way please don't vote for herschel walker (laughs) that guy thinks that ivf should be illegal i know i mean where is he pennsylvania georgia no that's right pennsylvania's uh what's his face and fetterman yeah, Oz, uh, and Oz and Fetterman. Yeah. Right. Herschel Walker's Georgia. So that just applies to George. Who's Herschel Walker going up against? Warnock. Warnock? Warnock? Okay. The Reverend. Anyway. Try not to get political, but please don't over that guy. Oh, my God. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, what? get political for a second. Okay. Tell people. I mean, because if people are listening, presumably, <clears throat> well, hopefully they, they, they might want to hear what you have to say. So tell them who they should. This is Daniel's voting <laughs> guide. Let's do well, Daniel's voting guide. Tell them who, who they should vote for. Here's what I'll say, because I want to be respectful. Uh, if you're a Democrat, especially if you're like feeling um, like nothing matters, you're feeling cynical, um, please get, please try to just push through that and vote. Please. I'm begging you. Yes. Um, I can't, I can't, it would take me too long right now to explain why your cynicism is, is, you sh- is, is a product of a, of a um, project to make us cynical. Um, but I, let's just say, let's just please just do it. Just on, as a operate on faith. If you are a conservative, if you are a Republican, um, I'm not, all I'm going to, all I say is this, 
and and just I beg you to hear me out. Um, first of all, the Republican Party is planning to use the budget cap to kill Social Security and Medicare. Okay, if that matters to you, this is very real. Uh, you can look it up. Mike Lee, look up the speech from Mike Lee that just circulated recently. Like this, this has been a long, long, long-term project of the Republican Party to get rid of Social Security and Medicare. Before Social Security, something like three quarters of all well, old people lived below the poverty line. What happens to all the money that has been coming out of people's paychecks? Their plan would be to 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 stop. We would still pay into it, and people who currently have Social Security, this is their plan, people who currently have Social Security, Medicare, all the old people, all the boomers, whatever, would continue. They would get to have it. Mm-hmm. And then everyone under a certain age, it, but that would include most Gen X, will we'll continue to pay into it. This is what Mike Lee's plan is. Won't see a dime of it. Where's it going to go? It'll pay for the boomers' retirement. But I thought that's you know, you our don't get money. it back. Yeah, I know. They're taking our money. Yes. How's that legal? Look at I'm if you're if you're if you're out there and like that's not what they but please okay. just do just look it up. I'm not lying to you. Uh, that's number one. Number two, cl- uh, climate change. If you do not believe that it is a real problem, if you do not believe that it is caused by humans that we can do anything i want to i want to just put this thought out there and i and, and just think about it you probably are not sure if you're right or wrong just as i can't be sure if i'm right or wrong right but we we're trusting sources i'm trusting scientists you're trusting whoever you trust okay so let's just stipulate neither of us know if we're right or wrong if we do all of the things to, to try to combat climate change, and I am right, then we say, then we make the future better. We're, we're preventing a, a, a true hellscape. I'm talking about war, pestilence, global political disruption, fascism, all of the worst things you could possibly imagine for our children and me. In, um, for, okay, that's if I'm right. But if you're right and we do all that stuff and it wasn't a problem, the, what's the bad thing is? The bad thing is we've now moved over to clean energy that's cheaper. We don't have to rely on Saudi Arabia and Russia for our energy sources. Uh, we, have, we have a cleaner environment. Like the downside. That was, you know, Corolla used to make that point. I don't know what point he makes anymore. I don't anymore, know what he thinks anymore. But he that, used to make the point of like, what's the downside? There is of doing no all the downside and all upside. And the upside of being wrong, of me being wrong, is still so much better than the, than the downside if okay, you are wrong you, and we do nothing. So, specifically, what which, would you like to specifically give anyone? What tell them what to vote for? Well, it, people, it, you know, it's all local, yeah. so it's like vote for Democrats. I know, and I know there are some shitty Democrats. I know there are shitty Democrats, but the shittiest Democrat is better than the best Republican because the best Republican is no different from the worst Republican. Think of the best Republican you can think of, and they're still lockstep with Marjorie Taylor Greene. So, look, that's my pitch. I love you guys. If you're listening to the show, that means you're a good person. I, I truly believe that. Uh, but I, I fear for my children's future in this world. And so uh, 
I don't want them to go to war. You know, like I don't want. That's all. But, Was that the game of seduction? Because I don't feel seduced. I don't know. I feel like it's impossible to change anybody's mind. Anymore. I know. It's like you know, everyone's so it's well. You, you had to take a shot. You try. Maybe I'll reach someone. I don't know. Yeah. Um, listen. Um, this has been a delightful show. I always enjoy doing this. I hope people enjoy listening. I hope so. I feel we got quite emotionally vulnerable on this one. Only if it was real. <laughs> well, if I got emotionally vulnerable, I don't know what you did, but I did. I never do. Okay, no, I'm you're way too cool. You're cool. I'm. I got pretty emotionally naked. Um, listen, you guys, you're the best. Thank you for listening. Uh, vote regardless, and um, I love you. Thank you for, oh, Daniel, thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. I love you too. I love you. Uh, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Oh, excuse me. Follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. Listen to my other shows, Upworthy Weekly and Childish. Uh, I'm on Cameo as well. I'm on Patreon, which I already mentioned. And uh, Daniel, what about you? I mean, you you could follow me on Twitter right now. I'm trying to figure out an alternative source. We um, all are. I'm, follow me on TikTok. Who knows? Maybe I'll start doing TikToks. I'm at. I think I'm at Daniel Quants on TikTok. I'm not sure. Uh, Daniel Quants on Instagram. I don't know. You can follow. If, if everyone finds a good social place to go, yeah, let me know. Let us know. We're just you know where are we going? Let, let us know. Okay. Thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, do you know about the Alice and Rosen show? 